You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast. We're here to help you rob the pension bank. It's your host, coming to you from Colorado, Patrick Rice. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue Family Tree Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Rice. And what a year it has been. Here we are, July of 2020. And 2020 has just kind of knocked us all on our asses. I know that our family here, we're big sports people in the spring. Uh, We like to go out to the soccer field and the lacrosse field and watch our kids play. Uh, They're both kind of pretty darn good at what they do. And uh, it's just been a shame that we haven't got to see my boys' junior year on the lacrosse field, the year that most of the scouts are really looking at, not a single game. And my daughter, it's her freshman year as a soccer goalie, and it's unheard of for our local school for a freshman to make the varsity team, but they needed a goalie, and she was the best one coming up, so she made starting varsity, would have played pretty much 100% of every game this year, and uh, not one game got played. So it's been pretty hard on our family and our kids just from that selfish kind of standpoint. But then, you know, we also are very much a cop family and aware of what's going on around us. So my kids reeled it in, my wife reeled it in, I reeled it in, and we we recognized the, the greater losses around the country from COVID and then from the effects of Minneapolis, the effects on closing the economy and the financial effects there and the emotional effects of people being stuck at home and not being able to go do things. And then everyone's just daily stress, all the daily stress of just changing our work environment, changing our atmosphere, and changing our day offs. People weren't prepared for that. We, we like our grooves. We like our patterns. But there was positives that came out of it too. We got closer to family. I think everybody got a little closer with their family. And as uh, a lot of us out there know, that resulted in a few more arrests this spring. But uh, it also did a lot of good things. There was a lot of people out mountain biking. We live in kind of the mountain bike capital of of the west out here so uh we see a lot of that anyway but i think a lot of people that hadn't been mountain biking before they got out and got mountain biking and hit the rivers and went for hikes so i think a lot more people got outdoors this spring than usual and uh spent more time doing activities with their family instead of off with other people and it was kind of the the quiet before the storm i think when you talk about covid because the storm came from Minneapolis. Not many storm fronts moved from north to south, but this one sure did, didn't it? Man, it took over the country like no other. I can't believe the way this thing blew up and just became the biggest story in American history, dang near. So uh, we're going to cover a little bit about George Floyd. I don't want to get into the who was right and who was wrong uh, side of this. I just want to talk about the impacts that it's had on our career and our safety moving forward because that's what the blue family tree podcast is all about keeping you safe uh, every day when you go to work and mentally stable so you can enjoy retirement and rob that pension bank so let's talk about george floyd for a minute whether you think that uh it was racially motivated or not uh i guess that's an opinion you could have, but it doesn't change the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement and Antifa movements have ran wild with it. Uh, I personally never saw anything that indicated that uh, 
the officer involved hated black people, but that's how it's happened. And uh, that's the narrative we're running with. So that's what we as law enforcement officers have to deal with. We can't argue the facts uh, or the emotions even. We just have to deal with the outcry and the the way it's going down. So uh, then you look at Atlanta, which is just an amazing uh, view for all of us here in law enforcement to see. I don't think I know a cop anywhere in the world who wouldn't uh, pull the trigger on a uh, person who's about to tase them because I think we're all told on the first day of taser training that if you get tased, now the suspect has your gun and it's a deadly force situation that you can't do anything about for at least five seconds, uh, as we all know. So, um, shocking. Shocking to hear that the district attorney there is uh, pressing charges, murder charges on those officers. Um is there another agenda? Perhaps. I, I, I'm trying really hard to avoid the political aspect of all of everything that's happened since Minneapolis. It's obviously extremely difficult to avoid it because it's political. Uh, regardless of what people say, uh, a lot of these decisions are based on political influence and fear from uh, the loudest groups. And so while, while the Blue Family Tree chooses not to take a political stance, uh, it's difficult to avoid it when we're talking about how we're going to protect our lives moving forward and how we're going to keep ourselves safe on the streets in a highly political environment. You almost can't separate the two. It's like the United States trying to separate church and state and people complaining that uh, we still say under God or have uh, uh, in God we trust on our money, uh, you just can't separate the two completely. You can allow others to uh, choose whatever religion they want. There is no official religion of the country. Uh, you can't be persecuted for choosing a separate religion. But all in all, uh, this is a Judeo-Christian nation and there will be traces of that throughout the country. You just cannot separate them. And uh, much the way that our safety is tied to the political realm right now as we go to work every day, you just can't separate the two. So my biggest takeaway from Atlanta, uh, and this is going to be a tough one to swallow for a lot of folks, uh, but you have to think about your life first. We've all heard the saying, it's better to be judged by six than carried by 12. And never has that statement rung more true. I think we've all uh, accepted that, but the harsh reality that that could actually be our fate uh, has never stared us more straight in the eye than it does right now. Uh, so I just want to remind everybody to revisit that concept that uh, it is better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. Uh, do what you know is right for the right reasons at the right time to save your own life and that of innocent civilians. And uh, we can sort the rest out later. Uh, how will things go in Atlanta? Well, I would hope that they would go ultimately in the end in the officer's favor. But what a nightmare that officer is having to deal with now. Uh, we will closely watch that situation and see how it unfolds. But uh, I think in the end, he's going to come out of this okay as long as he can maintain his sanity. 
that long. The bigger question is how is the Atlanta Police Department going to fare after this? And I don't think they're going to fare quite as well. I think they're going to have a, a nightmare scenario out there for quite some time. And we have people taking over entire downtown areas of major cities. Uh, we all heard, of course, about Seattle, but Portland had the same situation. Uh, I know Denver has had attempts at taking over streets, uh, a little smaller than blocks, but taking over areas and compounding the police out. Uh, I'm sure it has happened in other places throughout the nation. Seattle was the big one that everybody got to hear about and focus on. And, of course, uh, it got broke down just before 4th of July when uh, it sounds like well-armed Second Amendment-bearing citizens were going to take care of the problem. So, uh, again, interesting that uh, the political figures who had control over stopping or allowing that situation chose to take it down on July 2nd uh, amid threats from... Uh, law-abiding citizens to also join the area and they really wouldn't have had a leg to stand on as far as uh, doing anything to them because they pretty much encouraged lawlessness in this area I'm not sure how they would have affected arrests on anybody who came in and did their own thing and it created a conflict so uh, I, I guess I'm glad for the purpose of bloodshed that it was taken down when it was uh, I just find it interesting that it was uh, finally acted on uh, amidst those threats Colorado legislation, for those of you in Colorado, uh, which is where yours truly is coming to you from, wow, we've had an interesting ride. Uh, some major knee-jerk legislation that's led to um, a lot of people looking to leave, and I think already quite a few have left the profession. Uh, I'm sure most of you know Mike the Cop. He's a police officer in Colorado, and he has chose to leave the profession. He's still going to stand by and continue to support police and be a, a major advocate for law enforcement through his uh, social media. Uh, but people are looking to leave here in Colorado. Uh, we lost qualified immunity and uh, quite a few other restrictions have been put on us as far as how we report things and what we can do. Uh, even not even a consensual contact requires a legal basis. Uh, so we've really been tied up here in Colorado for now. Uh, hopefully that legislation finds its way through a couple of icky years and some of it gets turned over. Initially, they didn't even want to allow us to have insurance to cover lawsuits. Uh, and we managed to get that turned over. So Colorado law enforcement officers can have insurance, uh, just like we always have. Uh, they didn't take that away. But uh we're on the hook for $25,000 before um, a lot of those other things kick in from our agencies and so forth. So Colorado has been an interesting place to be lately. Uh, we haven't had any of the problems like Seattle and Atlanta and Minneapolis and a handful of others around the country, yet we seem to be the first ones putting together legislation to affect the problem. Daily officer safety uh, is always under critical decision making, but now that daily decision making is under certain scrutiny, and uh, I am afraid that that's going to result in an increase in line of duty death as a result. Here's what I mean by this. We just watched an officer get arrested for shooting a man who shot at him with a taser. How many of us 
in a similar situation or it doesn't have to have include a taser just in a life-threatening situation are going to flash back on that moment instead of thinking about what's important to us right at that second uh, which is saving our own lives we can't afford to give up those fractions of a second that thinking about legislation thinking about minneapolis thinking about atlanta will cost us we need to act to save our lives and we need to do it based on our training and our experiences and we need to do it with at least a clear enough head that we're not panicked and making poor decisions but we shouldn't be thinking about the raw deal that another officer was given and avoiding saving our own lives to avoid a day in court make sure that these decisions that happen elsewhere in the country don't increase line of duty death as a result and i can't even begin to talk about our mental health during this time i know everybody's heads are spinning you jump on social media all you see is black lives matter posts and we support the blue posts and we are just becoming polarized and more polarized and more polarized and what that does to the mental health of our professionals in our job and our families at home. That's my dog scratching her ear. I apologize. Yes, this podcast is done from inside my house and until I can figure out a better way to put it together and make a little more money and uh, invest a little more into the podcast, you might hear some background noises. But I'm working on it, folks, and we'll try and get that straightened out uh, as we go along. I enjoy listening to podcasts when I'm in the car um, and I know the quality of them and I appreciate you all coming here and listening to uh, tips and tricks of the trade that could help save your life uh, when you're on duty and I understand that my quality so far is a bit lacking but uh, it will come along I promise Uh, like anything I just have to learn a little bit more about how to put these together they aren't easy for those of you who wonder you don't just talk into the can uh, for a few minutes and put together a podcast there's some research that goes in on the front end there's getting your software ready uh, getting your notes and everything lined up and then the editing the editing is insane that takes the longest portion of creating a podcast so anyway I think the dog's done scratching her ears so uh, where were we we were talking about our mental health and uh it's, it's difficult to keep on top of your mental health at a time like this, but a big part of that is going to the gym. And guess what? Because of COVID, your gym's probably closed. So find that gym over at your agency. A lot of agencies have gyms. Maybe you can work out there. If not, uh, get yourself on the beach body or something and do it in your living room, right on your TV in your living room. Just something to uh, get some of that stress chemical out of your body so that you're able to focus when you go to work and you're not drained and down because of the mental side of everything that's happening right now across our country. So where do we go from here and who are the winners? How do we bring the country back together and who's going to win? When this is all said and done and we pull everything back together and, and this is over, which I know a lot of us right now can't even imagine that happening who is the winner is there a winner there's been a lot of talk lately about the civil war and about who won the civil war well i always thought the union won the civil war 
But now the talk is that the Confederate actually won the Civil War. So is that going to be the case here? We're going to always argue who actually won this as if there is a winner. I'm pretty sure with the Civil War, nobody wins. We're on the same team. We both win. We both lose. Uh, there's a fight in your house. Nobody really wins that fight. You just come together and you find an agreement and you figure out how to live together moving forward. And I think that's the piece that we need to be able to present to the rest of the country is that we are we are on the same team. It's not us versus them. It, it never has been, at least not for us. For us, it's always been us. We are the community. The police are the community and the community are the police. Robert Peel was a brilliant man back then and he remains a brilliant man now. We need to explain to the rest of the country that we are one. We don't need two national anthems. We don't need a winner and a loser to come out of this. We just need to come together and move forward together and learn how to live together. And I don't even mean blacks and whites. I mean police and the community because that's the real riff right now, at least as it's being demonstrated. I don't have to tell anybody listening to this podcast that the idea that there's systemic racism spread across uh, law enforcement and that law enforcement officers are seeking out black men to murder them in cold blood is an out and out lie full of propaganda. No one listening to this podcast believes that for a second, I know. But it doesn't matter, again, what we believe or think or know. What matters is what the agenda is that we have to face and deal with. So we have to find a way to convince the community that we love the community and we are for the community and we want to move forward as one with the community. It's increasingly difficult to do as the community is pushing away from us and telling us they hate us and throwing rocks and Molotov cocktails at us. But that must remain our stance, that we are there to protect the community. And that person who threw the Molotov cocktail at your face and burnt your eyebrows today and goes to jail today, tomorrow could be a victim and you would treat them with every bit of dignity and respect that they deserve. That's the kind of relationship that we need to demonstrate despite the way they treat us that we love our communities everybody in our communities and we will protect our communities at any cost and the same people that we have to protect our communities against today will be part of our communities as a victim tomorrow and we will be there for them as long as we can continue to demonstrate that without any fault we cannot waver we cannot have an officer who loses their cool. Everybody has to demonstrate the same thing in order for this message to get loud and clear across the shouting lines of rioters. That's how we're going to move forward from this. It is 100% on the law enforcement community who I believe, and I think you probably believe, had nothing to do with creating this issue. Yet it is 100% on us, and we're used to that. That's the kind of problems we solve. We talk to neighbors who've had 40-year disputes over property lines, over weeds, over barking dogs, and it's our job to fix those problems that we had nothing to do with in the beginning. And this is much the same, only it includes us. 
So don't take things personal, just like you wouldn't with the 40-year dispute between the neighbors. Find a way to demonstrate your love for your community and that that won't change and that we can move forward as one without a winner, without a loser. There's no gloating on our part when this ends. We just move forward stronger and better together. Future episodes, we're going to work on some other guest speakers. I've talked to a few guest speakers that I'd like to bring on. Like I mentioned before, setting up a podcast can be kind of tough as far as um, figuring out the technology. I'm still trying to figure out how to make a phone call sound good on the other end. So uh, once I figure that out, I've got some, some guest speakers lined up. Make sure you visit our website uh, on Facebook and on Instagram at The Blue Family Tree. We are on TikTok at TBFT. That's The Blue Family Tree, just the first letters. And we're on Twitter at Help Cop Families. Um, get, get plugged in with The Blue Family Tree. Check out our mission. We're just about uh, saving police lives at work and uh, collecting one financial gift for Every family who uh, ends up on the Officer Down Memorial page in a given year. So if you give 10 bucks a month to the Blue Family Tree, that's 120 bucks a year. And at the end of each calendar year, we just empty out the bank account and we divvy that money evenly to every family who lost an officer that year. Rinse, wash, and repeat. We do it again and again and again. And that is our way of giving back to these families and keeping them involved in their law enforcement family for a little bit longer. We know that they get a federal benefit, and we know that sometimes the local community comes together and uh, does a fundraiser for them. And this money that we give them, it could be a little or a lot. It all depends on our donor base. But uh, it comes from police families and close supporter of police families. And that's what makes this money so tremendously more important to these families. It's not about giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars, although we would love to do that. It's about giving them money that came from people like them, who understand them, and who care about them. It's about getting a gift from their family. So that's what the Blue Family Tree is all about. Go check out our website. And until then, remember the way you conduct yourself today doesn't just protect your own life, but could save the life of our future officers as well. It's through our words and our actions that we reprogram the public's response to police presence and save lives. Stay safe. Keep your head down. Don't let the public get you down. And we will talk to you next time. You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast.